Wow, isn't that nice? A little bit of, yeah, little we, bit of show music. Where do we get the Where do we get the fat beats? We got some new uh, original show music uh, by Shaded Glitch. Uh, Dylan Tegnacci sent that in for us, so uh, we're gonna be using that uh, on the podcast. Uh, you know, to intro. Uh, whatever we have coming up, whether it's the start of the show, the end of the show, uh, ads or anything like that. I hope he remembers us when we make him famous. I hope so too. Yeah, he's uh, he's actually done quite a bit um, with this Shaded Glitch. He's got a, a, a debut album you can download on iTunes, I guess. Um, trapped was it Trapped in a Labyrinth? Lost in a Labyrinth. Lost in a Labyrinth. Uh, so yeah, definitely uh, go on iTunes. I don't know if you've heard the album yet. Uh, he sent the whole thing to me. I get a chance to listen to it. It's actually pretty sweet. It's like it's like a club techno style music. Uh, yeah. I guess that's how you would describe it. But uh, yeah, definitely check him out. You can check him out on social media too. Uh, Shaded Glitch. So yeah, it's yeah, good stuff. Awesome. Yeah, and he's done a lot of shows with us at Encore. I feel like we're moving up in the world now. I know, right? It's like music production value. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, listen, I want to ask you. Um, have you been watching uh, Orange is the New Black? I do. I haven't seen any of the new season yet, so don't throw All right, I will close. not spoil it for oh. you. I'm actually only two episodes in myself. Uh, I was going to try to binge the shit out of it last night, uh, but my wife was like, oh, I want to watch Empire, because you know Empire only ended a couple of months ago, yep. uh, and we're just starting to watch it now. So we're tearing through that like it's nobody's business. Um, so, you know... I was only able to squeeze two episodes of the new one in. Uh, but the reason I'm asking you is because um, I love something they do on that show. You know, they introduce these really awesome characters. Uh, the, the the talent and the acting aside, I mean, just amazing to begin with. But when it comes to the writing, you know, they give you these amazing characters in the present storyline, but then they flash you back. Uh, and I don't remember them doing a lot of that in the first season. They did a lot of it in the second season yeah. where they actually took the characters you grew to really like and then they flash you back and they and they give you like their origin story like and it wasn't like a full origin story they gave you like snippets of an origin like just enough to let you know what was going on with that character because I don't know about you but I love a good origin story oh definitely you know whether it's Orange is the New Black or all these superhero movies that I love to watch you know with the Avengers and Iron Man Spider-Man X-Men yeah, X-Men, yeah. Anytime, they, anytime there's like a first movie Guardians of the Galaxy, perfect example. You know, they, they, they did a team origin story. And just introducing all those characters that I already kind of knew from the comics anyway, but to bring them to life in an origin story where you see how they meet, how, um, how they get started, you know, because they all dislike each other and then they, they definitely uh, come together, become friends, and then, you know, they go off on their madcap adventures. Uh, and just like on Orange is the New Black, you know, they give you those, those little tastes of what it was like when they were younger or not even in prison yet. Uh, and, and that origin story is, is really awesome uh, to, to, get, to get into. Because you're learning more about these people and who they are. Because you're like, why do I give a shit about these people? Yep. And why do I care? Um, so that brings us to today's show. Today's show is Origins. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, People, you know, I we want to actually let me start by saying uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast. We've been getting a lot of great, uh, I've been hearing feedback, uh, you know, word of mouth's been getting it around, people have been talking about it, um, and it's like they're taking the time to listen to us talk about all these, uh, you know, uh, shows that we've done, uh, all these people that we've met, and it's funny because as I'm talking to them, I'm thinking to myself, they must be wondering, 
well, who the hell are you guys? You know, like, who's John? Who's Fred? Who are these guys? And what are their credentials? Don't you know who the fuck I am? <laughs> I know, right? That's my go-to line. Don't you know who I am? Well, for people who don't know who I am, don't know who you are, uh, I thought we could sit down today and talk about our origin stories. You know, I did not get blasted with gamma radiation that turned me into the awesomeness that I am now. Um, you know, I actually come from humble backgrounds and beginnings uh, in, the, in the community theater um, world. So I wanted to ask you, where did you get your start in community theater? I mean, when you go back, yeah, where did you, where where did you even even if you want to go back before then, where did you get your first like? I need to perform. I need to be in front of people. I just want to. Well, for me, it was like pre theater. I uh, I was always a musician. So like even back to to middle school, you know, I played trombone. So that kind of gave me my first performance inkling. You know? Now. This was like school band, yeah, kind of? Yeah, yeah. Yep, I started, uh, God, what was it? Sixth grade, I think. I started playing slide trombone. I didn't want to play slide trombone. You wanted to play the rusty trombone. I, well, I, <laughs> I do play the rusty trombone sometimes. <laughs> For certain people, you know, it's a, it's, it's a hobby. But uh, I want to play the valve trombone, but nobody plays the valve trombone. <laughs> it's like a, you've probably never seen one. Is there like... A book for valve trombone, no, like when you're doing you know, music and stuff. It's like, that. like and even like my my music teacher is like, listen, people who want to play the valve trombone, they play the euphonium. Like you don't you don't play the valve trombone. Doesn't really exist much anymore. Now, what school did you go to? Uh, Woonsocket Middle you School. Socket. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I went there, started with music, and I stuck with it. I played all the way through high school. You know, all state, all that fun stuff, and like uh, competition. Yep, jazz bands, concert bands, um, and then probably about my senior year, I knew I was I was going to school for music. Okay. And uh, so to kind of round out my musical whatever, uh, I knew I was going to have to sing in college, so I signed up in my senior year for the choir to uh, to kind of like now, had get you ever that out of the way. sung before this point, or you were just like. I'm going in blind. No, I Hope just, they're ready for me. I just went for it. I'm like, you know, I might as well get the experience now while I'm, uh, you know, in high school. And uh, we had a good choir. We had a good choir director. I knew a couple people big in the community that are still singing out there. And uh, so I joined up and it ended up, I was in the choir, ended up being in the, the select choir and all this other. So it took up a lot of time. But it worked because then it kind of prepared me for, for college where... You know, people think, oh, you know, I play piano. I'm going to play piano in college. Mm. You have to sing. You know, you take sight singing classes throughout your music theory classes and things like that. You're you're using your voice. You you kind of have to. So that was uh, the start of vocally performing for me. And then from there, you know, it's like every every great story to get on stage. <laughs> it involves uh, involves women. It involves a particular woman. <laughs> yeah, oh. it's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's funny too because I've always said that um, for for community theater. You know, straight guys, they got it so easy in community theater because they have, like, pick of the letter. If it's I like, knew now, <laughs> if I knew then what I know now, I would have signed up way oh, earlier. Man. Way earlier. That's so funny. But, uh, no, it was uh, my uh, my wife, or not then wife, uh, Melissa. We weren't even dating. You know, I was trying to trying to date her and do that whole thing. And now, how did, how did you meet her? We went to school together, and she was a, a vocalist, but she was always big into theater um she and her friend did all the you know high school shows and all that stuff and uh so she was you know be listening to stuff i'd never really heard in the car uh you know 
singing constant Jekyll and Hyde songs yeah, like, and stuff. What are these like, show oh, tunes? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, no, I do. Have, I, I tell you, I do have to give credit to my mom and my dad because uh, all growing up, they did have a, a season passes to PPAC. Oh, nice! So I saw a lot of shows when I was younger. What did you like? What was your taste like when you were younger? Um, it's it's funny. One of my favorite shows I got to see, and I don't, I'm not even sure what year it was, but I did get to see Miss Saigon. Nice. And uh, I remember it because my mom was like, you know, this is probably inappropriate for me to <laughs> take you to see Miss Saigon. But how old were you? Would you say? Oh, I at the oldest I was in middle school, like maybe like sixth grade. Okay. I was probably younger than that. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but it was. But your mom was like, hey, let's go take our son to see. You. Filipino whores, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a really it was a really good show. I it's liked an amazing it. I liked show. it. Yeah. And uh, ironically, I, a lot of the stuff I don't see or and get involved in now, I, I loved uh, Damn Yankees. Oh yeah, okay. Yep. Um, but uh, there were a lot of it was good to be able to see all that stuff. But then, you know, Melissa was doing it, and uh, so I would play in uh, pits. I'd play in pits through high school and through college. You know, I did that a bit. Played Forty Second Street. You know, a couple. For, was this for the high school or was for this, high school? Yeah. Was this for any outside? Yeah, no, no community like theaters. No. Um, I did play for uh, Music Man at um, Trinity. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was interesting. So wait a minute, you you played for Trinity and now you've yeah, stepped no, back no, down. No, no. <laughs> it, it's it's not. Uh, it was like one of those you play for Trinity, but you basically they need trombone players for seventy six trombones. Gotcha. Okay, so it so wasn't uh, I didn't get paid. Now you you were on stage count. for that though. Yeah. Oh, had to, okay. They they brought us all. We kind of marching just band marched style? right through yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so it wasn't like you were in the pit. No, no. You were just a musician yeah, for that. It was, okay. it was cool though. It was nice. That cool, was cool. Cool experience. You just kind of show up, do that, and it was neat. But uh, yeah, it was only after that. You know, we're in college. My wife started doing community theater. My friend at that point, we weren't even dating. Right. And uh, she was like, hey, you know, why don't you do a show with me? You know, and we'll, we'll spend some time together at the show and everything. And I was like, oh, sure. You know, okay, I guess so. And then you go into it and I'll be honest, I, I did not prepare at all for an audition. Like, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I didn't care what so I got. So what, what was the first show you auditioned for? First show I auditioned for was Fiddler on the Roof. And was, that was with the Encore Repertory yeah, Company. I mean, just, that was your That's, show. That was the very yeah. first show I directed for the Encore Repertory Company. Was it really? It was. It was, yeah. Okay. yeah. We'll, we'll get into my origin after. Say, but our, totally. our origins are intertwined they, they already. Are intertwined. <laughs> they are. It's funny. It's, uh, it's funny, too, because uh, you auditioned for Fiddler on the Roof. Um, that wasn't even supposed to be Fiddler on the Roof. We were actually supposed to be doing Grease, but we couldn't get the rights for it. Uh, so you could have been auditioning for, like, Danny Zuko. Uh, or or maybe like Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I auditioned for that. I, I couldn't even tell you what I auditioned with. Actually, I think um, I couldn't tell you what you auditioned with. <laughs> no, I want to say it was because we just did we just did uh, at, at school we had done um, all the Jekyll and Hyde stuff. Okay. So I, I want to say I did this something is the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know something like that. You which, may have. I, I don't know. But uh, I got—I was surprised. You offered me Perchick. That's right. You got Perchick. I didn't know who the hell that was. I was just like, yeah, sure. For your for Why your not? first show, uh, that's actually that's that's kind of a big deal, you know, because all the guys want Perchick. That's like the the second best young male role. Uh, I would say next to model, who is probably the first, because yep. it's, it's a little bit of a bigger part. Uh, Perchick's a little bit of a smaller. Well, I wouldn't say smaller, but he's like the medium. He's yep. in between. Um, but yeah, no, that's a that's a great part. And for your first audition to get that. Yeah, so it was it was a good. You had experience. to have some talent. Yeah, <laughs> it 
was it was a good experience though. You know, I got to, to see the ins and outs. Back then, we were at that that church on uh, Snow Snow Street. Oh so. yeah, that's right. We were in the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd be down there, and uh, I don't remember who it was with that butt scooting baby, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's remember right. That? That's right. Yeah. Oh my god. But that that's was funny. that was my very first. You know. And that get was, out there and that was a good sized cast too. It's not like you were coming in on a small production. That was a really, really big cast. It was, a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I remember I, I kind of kept to myself a little bit. You know, it was all new to me. Sure. It seemed like a lot of the people who were there had done it before, and so I do my scenes and go sit in the back. There was like a little, uh, uh, like a kitchen or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'd hang out back there and watch, and uh, but it was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, after that, I think I, I took a short amount of time off because I was in school and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff there. And then um, I auditioned for Joseph because she, she, Melissa, again, and we have, for we that. actually talked about that when we talked to Amanda Power. Yeah, <laughs> how much of an awesome experience that was. <laughs> yeah, so like I, I auditioned because Melissa auditioned. You know, it was fun, but I, I honestly don't know if I would have done it. If she wasn't doing it, you right, know what I mean. Right, like, right. And uh, it was it was fun and everything. But now, I, were you guys dating yet? Or were you still we just were, friends? We were dating for You're Joseph. Starting, okay. Yeah, we were definitely dating for Joseph. Actually, I think at that point we'd been dating a little while. We started dating somewhere uh, around Fiddler, so I think right okay. after that. And um, so Joseph, we were dating. She auditioned. She loves that show, and she was like, you know, she wanted okay. to be the narrator, mm-hmm. so she auditions mm-hmm. and and. Uh, I get my phone call first. We audition, and it's uh, Chris was the director for it, um, and he's like, "Oh, so I have this vision for for the show." I'm like, "Okay," and he's like, "I, I want to have two Josephs." I'm like, "Okay, why the fuck are you telling me this? All right, that's <laughs> great for you." And uh, he's like, "I want a younger Joseph for the first half of his life, and then when he goes away, he comes back, and I want an older Joseph." And he's like, "Oh, oh great!" And he's like, "And I want you to play the older Joseph." Now, how old are you at this point? Oh, man. Um, I've got to be 20, 26, maybe 25. No, not even that old. So he wanted old. So he's saying you look old. Yeah, well, (laughs) I get that a lot. I do do look old. I I was the guy who would buy beer at 18 for my Ah, nice. I do do look older. So, um, and it was uh, Eric. uh, Eric DeNoyer. Eric DeNoyer played played younger younger Joseph. That's right. So... It was interesting, you know, and it was one of those things where, again, like, I kind of won it. I wasn't really shooting for any part. Like, uh, I kind of was hoping maybe ensemble or right, something right, like right. that. And uh, so they called me, and I'm like, Melissa, you know, they offered me this. And she's like, you have to take that. And I'm like, okay, so I'll do it. And then uh, she gets her call, and they offered her an ensemble. Oh. <laughs> she's like, you don't have to take that part. Yeah. 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 Melissa, don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> now, did she did she take the bar? Was she in the she did, yeah. She was. Because we're doing right. it to we're doing it to spend time together. That's right. So it, it was good. You know, it was a lot of uh, uh, a lot of a lot of work. Mm. You know, doing that doing that role, and there were some different visions and stuff that was weird. I got to do a couple since I was only in the second half of the show as Joseph. I got to do some fun stuff during the first half of the show. Um, I got to be an Ishmaelite. Oh, you nice. know, and that was kind of cool, just because of the costume, and you can kind of let me free act on so stage. So you were kind role. of like almost ensemble for the first, uh, for the first half, half yeah, of the show yeah. before you became yep. Yep. So older Joseph at 26. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, <laughs> a 
that experience was, I still remember talking to Chris about Joseph and the costume and everything. And, and originally he was like, well, I'm envisioning like a, like a loincloth. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I was skinnier than I am now, but not loincloth skinny. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been loincloth skinny. So, so I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't think that's gonna that's gonna work. And sure, sure enough, when the uh, when uh, Tech Week came, I go to my dressing room and there's the costumes, and it was uh, like a little white cloth. When they can hold your costume in the palm of their hand, yeah, that's, that's a no, that's no good. <laughs> but you know, I, I complained a little bit. I divided it up, and they got me another costume, which was interesting was a like a plastic they gave like a chest plate right yeah they spray yeah. painted it gold yeah yeah yeah. it was awful it was awful <laughs> yeah i remember looking it, odd yeah, it <laughs> like was it just awful. didn't fit well it didn't it did it was like it was like a chest plate for you know like kids like yeah, dressing for up. like a medieval and yeah. i'm a full adult so it fit like in the center of my chest like it wasn't an adult <laughs> chest it was like a breast plate yeah <laughs> it, it covers the gut in that, a belly plate that was it. it was like that in a white t-shirt so it was, yeah, and uh, my my Jesus sandals, my Birkenstocks, gotcha. those were my, my costume. <laughs> but yeah, and I got to grow out like a big wiry, nasty bushy beard. beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't. It was. It was fun though. The music was good. You know, I, I do like the songs yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to sing the my favorite song. You know, when he's in the prison and everything. Um, uh, close every door. Okay. But I did get to sing the. Uh, the, no, because uh, that was one. that's young Jesus. That's the, uh, that, right. Young uh, Joseph. Young yeah. Joseph. I always say that. Always yeah. Say. Uh, yeah, young Joseph, and that was Eric. Yeah, he, played that. he killed it. He young, and no, he, when great. we say young, he was, he was like, he was young when they did that show. I had, I want to say he was like 15, 16 years old when they did that show. Yeah. Um, but even though calling him young at 15, 16, that's all fine and good. We're only talking a 10-year difference yeah, to be yeah. old. Yeah, but you know, it was nice. That <laughs> did they did they make up you older? Did they make you look a little bit older? A little bit, just a little bit. I mean, I already because he was he was clean shaven. He had a you know wicked baby face at that age. Right, right, right. Uh, so just the beard and everything. I, the contrast I, yeah, was I, there. I think it confused the audience a little bit. They're like, who is this guy yeah. in the in the yeah. breastplate? Because I, I ride out like I ride out on a chariot. A chariot, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it was it was good, and I, I met a lot of people in that show. Right. Um, a lot of good friends. You know, it was it, it was great uh, people I worked with later. Mm -hmm. So it was it was a fun show. You know, I I don't think I ever want to do Joseph again, <laughs> see Joseph again. But uh, it was a good show. Nice. It was, nice. yeah. Um, and then kind of after that, I, uh, I disappeared for a while, mm. if that tells you anything. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I need a break. Yeah. yeah. Understandable. And, uh, I ended up coming back when um, uh, Dave Gorgon called me. Was this for Bye Bye Birdie? For Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah, right. he, needed some, he needed some mails for that. And, right, that's uh, right. He brought oh, you in as one oh, of the... Um, yeah, he sold me good. He's, he called me. He's like, John, you know, I really need some help. I need some mails. All you have to do is sit at a bar and just drink. It's like a seat, you know, and, you know, I'm like... It's mods, right? Yeah, it was, mods. it was mods. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't seen, I had never seen uh, Bye Bye Birdie. Now, this is another show where we cross paths. Yeah. Because I... You were in it. ...am playing Mr. McAfee. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm playing Mr. McAfee, yeah, but to, I am playing Mr. McAfee. Trying to move in on my wife. Opposite your wife. Yeah. Uh, playing Mrs. McAfee. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So he called me and he's like, let's do this. I'm like, yeah, sure. So I signed up. And, it and was you did say you, you weren't familiar with Bye Bye Birdie. No, I wasn't. Right? Okay. I, so... I'm literally thinking I'm just gonna sit at a bar and right. whatever, just be on stage. Sing a song, right? whatever. Well, he didn't even tell me. Oh, about he didn't even the tell song. you. So you just said sit at a no, bar. No, that was it. Uh. So, <laughs> Zzz. 
so he <laughs> tells me, yeah, he gives me the, the dates for the rehearsals. I show up right. for the first rehearsal date, and I see Kathy there, your wife. And I'm like, oh. Is this know, a choreography rehearsal? It's a freaking choreography <laughs> rehearsal. So I'm like, what, right. what are you talking about? He's like, oh, yeah, you're doing this, too, and you're going to dance and all this stuff. And uh, this is what we were talking about with Amanda, where. The Shriners dance. Yeah, we had to do yeah. the Shriners dance, and uh, <laughs> me and um, Mike ended up lifting her over our heads right, and all right, this. Right, that's right, but you're just sitting in a bar. Just yeah, just <laughs> sitting in a bar, you know. But uh, it was still, it was good. It was a, it was a kind of a, a rough show. It was a stressful show. It was. That was yeah. the one with the the set falling. Yep. It was just. A, I got a locker dropped on me. A, I remember that you were sitting outside, right? Yeah. And they were moving some of the set pieces over. Yeah. And it just wasn't propped right. They had put it like uh, in between the alley opening. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It was really windy. Out. It was a windy day. I remember because they were trying to paint uh, flats outside. Yeah. And they kept falling over. And it was just the wind caught it, and it was a full like a full section of like it's high like, school lockers. It's like metal four. It's like a section of four lockers. Yep. But it's like a big. I mean, it's like six feet high, and yep. I'd say like four feet wide. And, and I, it's heavy metal. And I was just sitting out on the by the loading doors, and the wind like spun it and blew it, and just I'm like on the ground. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Just knocked you right out. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, the show goes on. Show goes on. <laughs> it the, was rehearsal, like the rehearsal. The rehearsal goes. Yeah, actually, it was just a rehearsal, and and they're like, oh, John get by. Ah, he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. It's all right. Shake just, it off. Just John. It's just John. Yeah, it's just gonna sit at a bar and drink. Right. So. But that that was kind of my you know my theater upbringings and um, so I, I really I, it was nice because I got to see all the acting side of things you know it wasn't anything I really ever expected to do but mm. I, I got to experience that um, I made a lot of friends and from there I was kind of I I enjoyed being on stage but I know some people have that like they they have to be on they stage, have to they, be on stage. They, they they love it. And uh, for me, I more enjoyed the like the technical aspect, the behind the scenes. Yeah, so I, I made a lot of friends that were doing the tech stuff. I'd see what they were doing. I'd talk to them in between scenes, you know. And uh, so I moved over to doing some tech, and I volunteered for a bunch of shows, and um, I got to do some really fun ones like Wonka. Mm. So did that you, was. Did you do flying for Wonka? I did. Yeah, yep, that's I did. that's amazing. That's that so was, cool to see. That was a lot of fun, you know, and. Uh, a lot of responsibility. It is. It is. So I, I liked that aspect of things, and uh, you know, eventually from there, um, from being in music and everything, I'd always done sound, mm-hmm. uh, small bands and things like that. Well, your wife was in a band. Yeah, my wife. My wife was in a band, and I do sound for that. And um, one of my friends. He Did you play a, the slide trombone for them in that band? <laughs> no. <laughs> when no. was the last time you touched a trombone? Oh man! It, uh, actually, ironically, Joseph was one of the reasons I stopped playing. I have never had a conflict with uh, with the wind ensemble at college with one of the Joseph shows. It was something that came up and I was like, listen, I, I can't go to this. Right. And they gave me a really hard time about it, like trying to, you know, guilt me with the, oh, well, this is your career, your, you know, your school and mm. everything. And uh, I, I literally told them to go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, and nice. I... I actually dropped out of college. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. We've actually had people come through the theater and are like, um, yeah, you know, I, I, they want to be in these shows, but they're like, but I have these school events that I cannot get out of. And I'm like, that's tech week. You auditioned for me for this show knowing you had this event during tech week. It's like, why, first of all, why would you even audition? Second of all, if it's so important that you cannot get out of it, why are you not there instead of here? You know what I'm saying? It's just, I, and I understand yeah. it, but at the same time, there's no flexibility on the school's end. It's like, they know, how can you promote 
being a professional if you're telling this person, don't go to your other rehearsal that you've already committed to? You know what it is too, is and, and people probably don't think about it this way, but I did. I, I weighed everything out when that happened. And I'm like, all right, I'm in the wind ensemble. And yes, I'm a part of a group of people and they depend on me for that. But if we go out and perform as a wind ensemble and the second trombone part is missing during something, there are probably five people in the audience of 300 will that it. will know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you try to put Joseph on without older Joseph... <laughs> in his breastplate. <laughs> you've got a problem. Yeah, that's a big you've problem. got a problem. That's so a big problem. It, it really, for me, after, you know, thinking like that about about it like that, it wasn't a, it wasn't a hard, it wasn't a hard choice. Right. Um, I really wasn't feeling the music education thing anyway. There were other pieces that I was kind of like, eh. Sure. So that was just, a, you know, another, another rock thrown in the pond that kind of blew those ripples up. And, you know, it worked out for me. Right. And, it worked out. I can't complain. You know, who knows what I'd be doing if I was a music educator right now? And, and that's great. I just <laughs> yeah, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it all. The kids so now, and you spend most of your time behind the scenes, yeah, uh, working uh, as our sound guy for uh, at, at the uh, Encore Repertory Company. Yeah, I remember I, I threw it out there. Offer yeah. Muriel gave me a shot. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, you know, it was it was funny. Ever ever since then, like I think I've done probably 99% of the shows for Encore. I think you have, yeah. I, I think s since your first show yeah. uh, as the as the sound guy, um, yeah, you've been involved ever since. Yeah. Which is great because, I mean, you know what you're doing. Uh, you know um, the ins and outs and the intricacies of not only handling the actors and explaining to them what they need to do, but in a pinch in the middle of a show, if something happens, you're right on it. You're able to, um, you know, get packs switched out or batteries changed or muted mics turn back on and um, I've seen a lot of shows done at the theater we perform in and uh, not just our shows but other shows and I gotta say that some of the best sound quality is, is when you're at the board um, there are other companies that come in and you go and see one of their shows and you're like who is running this sound? And the funny thing is, we're using the same equipment. So I don't understand how you can make it sound amazing and someone else can make it sound like shit, basically. It, it's, it's, part of it I think is the, the seriousness with which you take what you're doing. And I've had this conversation with, you know, other tech guys, you know, Mike Landry and everything like that. And uh, you can tell the good, the people who want to do tech, because it, the way I see it is you have more responsibility than anyone else on any of the tech, whether it's you know moving a curtain or putting something on stage, because the bottom line is you're showing up for that week, right? So you're saying, I'm gonna sacrifice a week. Well, who the hell cares that you're sacrificing a week? You've got these cast members, and I've been there so I know. I know how much time they're putting in. Oh, absolutely. You're talking months. I mean, obviously, you you know. it. Sometimes three, four months right. on a show. So they've been doing this for months, working their asses off. All that we're asking for tech people is to give everything they have for one week. Mm -hmm. And if they screw up one thing that makes that scene not what it's supposed to be for that person, they've just taken three months from that person. And it sounds harsh, but that's really the way I think of it. Yeah, because that's, that's a great way to think I, of it. I, I don't. I never want to be uh, that person where they go, oh, you know, I worked three months, but when my mom came to see that one show, right. she couldn't hear me because you screwed up. Right. And uh, like I do, I get I get nervous. I'm, I'm I try to stay as focused as I possibly can because I don't want to miss anything for the work that they did. Right. And that's uh, and a lot of the tech people feel that way, and that's that's when you can tell. You know, it, 
sometimes I think when you first sign up for tech, you're thinking like, oh, it's not bad. You know, I'm gonna move a piece of furniture. Or... Right, but but if you block that piece of furniture to be there at that time and it's used in a scene, now you're putting it on the actors to have to improvise if right, you miss right. it, or oh, and it's yeah. and it's I've not seen fair. That. Yeah. I've seen that happen. And some of them can, <laughs> some of them can handle it, make yeah. it seamless. Absolutely, absolutely. But it, to me, it's it's still not fair. Like that's right. your that's your one week to be there to make it right for them. So, and I also think. It's important too. A flip side of that is, uh, as an actor, even though you've been there three or four months, uh, these people are coming in for that one week. So you need to stay out of their way yeah. and do what they tell you. I've told this to cast countless times. If a tech person approaches you and tells you, "Don't stand here," they're not telling you just because they don't want to see you stand there. There's obviously a reason for it. Maybe yep. something's flying in or flying out. Uh, there's a set piece that's coming on. Actors have to come off. You can be seen by the audience. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to relay that. Like, you know, you guys know this show inside and out so well, but you got to remember when they approach you, there's a reason behind it. Don't just like blow them off and be like, oh, you're just a tech person. Uh, you know, be respectful of that nature because, uh, like you said, they do come in for that one week and they are probably stressed out because they're just having all this stuff yep. thrown at them right off the bat, whether it's someone moving a set piece or, you know, you're up on the board, uh, you know, trying to make sure everything sounds right or the lighting guy is trying to uh, make sure all the, the cues are correct. And, or if we're re-recording something in the middle of a scene, we're trying to not, not go too much longer and bring the lights up in time. So yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot to ask for. Yeah. Um, but that that relationship between the the two is always really good. And but like I said, when it comes to sound, hands down, some of the best sound I've heard is, is when oh, you're on you. that board, thank or you. you or someone that you've um, brought in to, to fill in for you. Um, that's always nice yeah, too that you it, can do that. It's been a little harder now. You know, more kids. Right. Four kids at home. That'll 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 so, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you know I gotta I have to get people to cover. So sure, you know, sure, sure, it's sure. Training and all that fun stuff, but it, it works. Got some. I have some good people that I've used and nice. works out well. That's awesome. But yeah. That's that's my that's my from then till now. You know. That's that's quite the uh, it's quite the tale. Yeah, quite, our, quite the yarn. <laughs> our, our, our pads have crossed. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. They have. They've they've intertwined quite a bit. I mean, like you said, your first show with Encore was. Um, Fiddler on the Roof. That was my first show directing. I never realized that was your first show. That was show. my first show as a director. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was 2001. Um, and, I mean, we've good, been... Good we've job been not screwing it up. Hey, thanks. <laughs> hey, I'm still around, so... Uh, I might have pissed a lot of people off, but I'm still around, so I must be doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely. All right, so what we'll do is um, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll get to the my secret origin backstory, how I shoot laser beams out of my eyes. Or something like that. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we'll be back. The Encore Repertory Company presents Run For Your Wife, written by Ray Cooney. Presented at the Stadium Theater Performing Arts Center. John is the happiest man in the world until one night he's knocked unconscious. When he doesn't come home, his wife Mary calls the police. And so does his other wife Barbara. This madcap adventure will have you laughing for days. Tickets are $21. And the performances are Friday, August 14th, Saturday, August 15th, and Sunday, August 16th. For more information, check us out at EncoreRepCo.org or you can check out thestadiumtheater.com. All right, and we are back. And yes, we are. I think you were uh, you were about to, to tell me a little bit about your, your Wolverine story. <laughs> right? He's so overrated. Now, um, my origin story, my uh, beginnings in theater... Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this story. It's kind of a little bit of a lengthy story, so it's 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 hard to just kind of throw in in conversation of hey, how'd you get started? Um, 
But uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I thought I was Michael Jackson. Um, I had the red and black uh, V shirt jacket, uh, the Thriller jacket. Oh, you will regret um, telling me this. Never, never wore the glove. I can honestly say. But when I was a kid, I was a performer. I would always dance around, and and uh, my mother would be like, "Oh, do the Michael Jackson thing." And and, and it was it was it was a kid, you know. It was it was the '80s. Um, Michael yep. Jackson was huge, and it, I never thought about being a performer or anything like that. I mean, I played Little League for Granella. I played Little League for seven years. Um, so theater was like the furthest thing from my mind. Even though when I was a kid, you know, I was a goofball and I, I liked to do all that fun stuff. Um, when I got to a certain age, uh, the, the Little League field that I played at, um, uh, I used to walk to and I would definitely... Um, make all my games and stuff like that uh, but when it was time to go to the next league up I couldn't walk to that field anymore that was like on the other I lived in Barville and that was all the way up in Pasco I lived in Glendale um, so my mother worked and I couldn't get to the field so I kind of had to kind of give up um, theater if you will ah uh, sorry um, give Baseball. up little league yep. if you will uh, so I had nothing else really to do. I couldn't play baseball anymore. So I, I happened to be in the, I was in the eighth grade at the time, um, and I was um, I went to Barville Middle School. Uh, we were the first graduating class of the Barville Middle School. So it was weird the way it was set up. I went to seventh grade at the junior senior high, and then they opened a middle school. So we left the junior senior high, went to the middle school for one year for eighth grade, and then we were back to the high school. That for nine weird. through twelve, yeah, it was really weird. But we were the first graduating class, um, and I guess uh, the middle school started a theater program, uh, and I didn't even really know about it. So one day, where I'm at school, and they do like one of those daytime assemblies. I guess the theater department uh, decided they were going to do one of their performances during the day for the students, and then you know they were going to open up like that weekend to to the public. Now I didn't know a lot about theater um, at all. To be honest with you, like I said, I played Little League for years. Um, I watched a lot of TV, watched a lot of movies. Um, but I remember going to this assembly, and there was this there was this one kid I'll never forget. I'm going to tell you his name was Henry Berthume. Uh, so if he ever hears this, Henry, I am uh, giving you full responsibility for the monster that I have become. <laughs> uh, he um, he was in this play. I, I don't remember what the play was, uh, but he was one of those kids. Um, he wasn't like super popular. Uh, he, I just remember he might have been picked on a bit. I know I was picked on a lot when I was in eighth grade. Um, he was one of those kids that kind of got picked on. He, he didn't really stand out in any crowd. Um, but I'm going to tell you, I saw him in this performance and I was blown away. The fact that he was up there, uh, I just remember he was wearing like, it wasn't like a tuxedo, but he was in a suit. And I don't know if he was narrating, but he was doing something. And I was just so blown away by what he was doing in his performance, I was like, holy shit. I said, I want to do that. I said, if he can do that, I can do that. I want to do that. So it happened to be the end of the year, and um, there was only going to be one more. They did like two or three shows uh, in the school year. There was only one more show. So I was like, I'm going to audition for that show. Now, um, I'm at Barville Middle School, and I had to catch a bus to go home. Otherwise, if I didn't catch a bus, it was a hike. It was a good, I would say, mile and a half to two miles to get home. Uh, so if I don't catch the bus, I'm going to be walking. Because yep. uh, my mother works. She doesn't get out until 5 o'clock. And this is at like 
three o'clock in the afternoon. So I decide, screw it, I'm gonna stay behind, I'm gonna audition for the show. If I have to work, that's fine. I go to this audition, and I'll never forget this. I walk in, who's sitting in the room? This kid, Henry. And the minute I locked eyes with him, I was like, there is no way in hell I'm gonna get cast in this show if he's auditioning. And it just so happened we were reading for this, they had us reading for the same stuff. So he would do it, then they'd have me do it. Now I've never been to an audition before. It's not for a musical, it's for a little straight play. Um, I've never done this before, so I'm kind of like, they've, it's like everybody in the room was just in that show that they had just finished. Yep. So it's like all the theater kids are doing it, and here I am, there's nobody, I don't know cover. a lot of these people. I'm the quiet one, I get picked on quite a bit. It's like, you know, uh, there's no way in hell I'm getting this part, especially reading the same part he's reading. Uh, so it comes and goes. I walk home. <laughs> it's a long walk home. Uh, a couple days later, I get called into the, 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 the teacher who's running the theater department, and they said, we'd like to offer you one of the roles in the show. Um, we want to offer you this role of Andrew. Now, this is the same role they had me reading with him. I got the part. He didn't even get cast in the show. So I was like, holy, I'm like, I'm like flabbergasted. I can't believe it. One, I can't believe that they picked me. Two, I can't believe he's not going to be in it. Um, and I was just like beside myself and I'm like, okay, well, this is what I wanted. Now I have to, <laughs> I have to follow through. Um, and I'm going to tell you, I was fourth lead. I don't even know if that's uh, a term. <laughs> I don't even know if that's script terminology. So literally it was like two leading couples um, I build the girls first, so it was like girl guy, girl me. Yep. <laughs> so I'm fourth lead. Um, we do the show. It's called Curtain Going Up. Uh, it's a comedy about high school kids putting on a show. Um, a lot of people that I'm familiar with during you know your years of school, I'm now becoming friends with, um, and I was nervous to do this show. It was great though because I got to punch someone in the show. I got my foot jumped on during the show. Uh, I got slapped a couple of times. Um, it was a lot of physical comedy, which was great, and, and that's the stuff I love to do. Uh, and I always look back on that as like one of the best performances I ever got to be involved in because that was my like that was my like break into theater. Uh, and here it is. It's I'm only in the middle school. This is a little middle school production, um, and it was great. I had so much fun doing that show. Um, so when that was over. And now I got the buzz. I can't go play baseball anymore because it doesn't fit into my schedule. Yep. Uh, my mother actually worked for um, Winsaka Hospital. I think she did nursing home placement uh, for Winsaka Hospital. And through um, calling these different nursing homes to place these people, she got friendly with this woman uh, who worked at one of these nursing homes who happened to run a theater company in Harrisville, right in Barville. And I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. And in talking back and forth with this woman, um, my mother finds out that they're having auditions. Actually, I'm sorry, they had auditions for Greece, but they didn't get enough people come out to the, to the audition. So they're looking to get a few more guys in. And if I was interested, I should go to the first rehearsal that they were having uh, and kind of do like a mini audition on the spot and, and audition for it. And... Um, I was like, yeah, totally, I'll do that. Well, it just so happened that my mother had something. I don't know if she was going to the bingo or if it was a work-related thing. I don't remember what it was, uh, but she couldn't take me. Um, and it was in Mapleville. It was a, it was at a, there was like a church, 
and then there's like the building on the side of it where they do like events and stuff. It was like a little hall yep. where they were rehearsing at. Um, so my mother had my grandparents take me. Now, I'm nervous enough as it is. I don't, I'm not going to know anybody. Now, the plan was my grandparents are going to church. They just so happen they're going to that church. Um, they're going to bring me, drop me off. They're going to go to church. And then when church is done, I'll meet up with them and then I'll go home. Um, now, to know me in the eighth grade, whatever age that is, I don't know, that's what, like 12, between 12 and 14 or something like that. Um, I'm a tiny little guy. I'm probably 90 pounds soaking wet. And uh, I'm an only child. Everything scares me. <laughs> I'm kind of... I, I can't believe I'm talking about myself like this. I'm kind of wussy, if you will. <laughs> All right? And uh, it's funny because... I, oh, God. I, my grandparents pull into the parking lot. As they pull in, I glance over. And I can see there's like two or three people on this little back. It was like a deck to this building where I know they were rehearsing. It's like two or three people sitting out there. Now, here I am. I'm only in the eighth grade. These people look like they're in high school or later, like out of school, maybe college, you know, some adults, whatever. And my grandparents are like, all right, we'll see you after. They go into the into the church and I'm looking at this building and I'm, I'm freezing up. I'm chickening out. I can feel it. I'm getting upset and I start crying because I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should just wait in the car. I get out of the car. I try to go towards the building. I see these people. They're kind of gawking at me now because I'm looking at them. They're looking at me. And I totally chicken out. I literally take a walk behind the church and I hang out and I cry because one, I'm alone. I'm not going into the church to find my grandparents. I feel like an idiot. I chickened out. I'm like beating myself up over it. And I literally wait. How long is church? An hour? I wait for an hour behind the church for my grandparents to come out. My grandparents come out. How did it go? Fine. I don't want to talk about it. We get in the car. We go home. I'm embarrassed. My mother gets home. She asks me how it went. I tell her I didn't go. I tell her I chickened out. Um, I was, I was just intimidated. You know, these older people. Now I think had my mother gone with me, gone in, be different. Yeah. It would have probably been a little different. I would have felt a little more comfortable. She could have introduced me to this woman if she was even there. I don't even remember if that woman was going to be there. You know, it, it would have just been easier for me. But because I had to go do this on my own, I was like, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. Um, so I chickened out, and I didn't end up being involved in Greece. Uh, a couple months later, the next show that the, the company's doing, this is actually the Shoestring Players. Uh, they're defunct. They're no longer with us. A um, couple months later, they do A Christmas Carol. And uh, so my mother takes me. I go, I audition for Christmas Carol. Um, Paige Ulrich, uh, before she got married, I believe that was her last name, Ulrich. Uh, she's now Paige Bolitsky. Um, was the director, and this is the woman that my mother was talking to on the phone uh, through her work. Um, very nice woman. Uh, she's probably the person who told me everything I know about being a director. Um, without ever trying to be a director, it's like you know, from watching her and learning from her as an actor. Um, she was just she was amazing. She's an amazing woman, very talented. Uh, she Gave me a lot of opportunity. So I did get cast in A Christmas Carol. I was uh, boy. No, I was, who was I? I was, oh, I was the child, uh, which in some versions, uh, this Dickens uh, talks to himself as a child at the beginning of the show. Um, I was that child. Um, I was also in the same show, I was um, young Ebenezer 
when Fan comes into the schoolhouse and she's like, Japanese, I've come to see you home. Yep. Uh, I played that role. And then I was like in a street scene. I, I was just like some little um, walk across stuff. Uh, and that was actually my first foray into the community theater. And then from there, it just was like every show that came out, I auditioned for. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not much of a singer. And I've always known this. And anybody who's heard me sing will agree. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. Your wife I don't is know probably what you're someone about. who will definitely agree with that. But um, it's not like I'm like so tone deaf that I would like hurt someone's ears. But I know. I know I'm not a strong singer. But even as a kid doing all this community theater, I would audition for these shows. Um, and I would get cast in ensemble parts and stuff like that. I can sing in a group of people as long as you can hide me and bury me and have people singing over me. You know, I can totally do that. Um, so that's what I did. Like, every show that uh, they did at um, Shoestring, uh, I auditioned for. So I was in a lot of shows. Um, you know, we did Guys and Dolls. I played, like, Calvin the Mission Boy, who had no lines, but he was a named character. <laughs> yep. So odd. Um, I did stuff like that. I was in MASH. I played a Korean guy. Um, just singing in the ensemble. Wasn't until they did, um, and I mean, I did Christmas Carol every year, uh, which was was never a musical uh, when they did it. But to do, to be on the stage, it was just awesome. And it was like that's all I wanted to do was be on the stage, and it was a lot of fun. So, um, flash forward after years of doing theater, um, you know, I started in '91. 90-91, so that 8th grade play was like in 90. Christmas Carol was in winter of 91. So I did show after show. I did so many shows with a lot of different theater companies. Um, I did shows with uh, the Shoestring Players. I did shows with Yankee Theater Wing, who's no longer around. Um, Full Circle, which is no longer around. Uh, theater Works. Um, I did some... Um, I did some uh, murder mysteries uh, with Bruce Calver, who was, I guess... The Magician on the Bozo the Clown show. <laughs> uh, I did a small stint with them. And uh, we just, it was it was a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And, and to do the, to just be an actor. And then, um, you know, in 2001, I got a chance to be a director, you know. And uh, my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, I ran into her and we were chatting. And um, it was like, you know, we, she came to me and was like, hey, listen, we're going to, we're going to do a show. You should come and direct for us. And I was like, yeah, I'd totally love to do that. So I got a chance to be a director, and I've been directing ever since. I've been on the stage a few times. You know, I've thrown myself in little cameo things here and there. We did High School Musical. I was the coach. And, yep. uh, we did the full Monty. I played Pam's boyfriend. Uh, you know, it's little things like that. Uh, but it's it's tough because directing is, like, hugely consuming because sometimes I'm not just the director sometimes I'm designing a set or I'm doing my tech design for lighting and I, I wear a lot of hats in, in that respect um, but definitely looking back on my origin story I can honestly say that if it weren't for Henry Berthium's performance in that school play which I can't even remember what it was uh, I probably wouldn't be doing this today you know what's interesting too is that uh, you know, especially these days you look at like School departments, budget cuts, and oh, things like that. I know. And the arts are yeah, always the always first, the thing, that first thing to go. They will always cut that first. If you didn't have that opportunity through your school, right? Who knows what would have happened? And now, I mean, you you direct a, a good chunk, probably the majority of shows that are done by by encore. encore. Yeah. And to be able to say that had that opportunity not been there for you, 
who knows if Encore as a community theater group would still be going or if it would have gone the way of many other community yeah, theater groups. It's, it's tough because, you know, we do, in, in, the sh in, the, in the scope and the caliber of shows that we do at Encore, it's just nothing is small. Everything is so, like, big budget. I mean, we've been compared to PPAC. Uh, we've been compared Ocean to Ocean State, touring companies, uh, Broadway. People have gone to see shows on Broadway and said that they prefer they preferred shows that they've seen us do, uh, which which f makes us feel amazing that that's even uh, that's even yeah. a, a, a notion in someone's head. Um, and the funny thing is too, when I was in high school, um, we didn't have a theater program. The middle school had that one. I don't even know if they continued afterwards. But when I got to high school, there was no theater in high school. That's, that's why I did everything in community theater with shoestring, um, and I was with them for years and. Uh, yeah, it it was great. It was so much, I have so many fond memories, and I'm sure in future podcasts I can go down a memory yeah, lane. Yeah. Every every show's got a story, um, but yeah, definitely Henry Berthium. He's 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 the one for me. Henry, Henry Berthium, <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> thank you, thank you, sir. Hey, we can have we'll have Henry as a guest. You know what? So I and I, after, we went to high school together, and like after high school, I couldn't even tell you where he ended up after that, or if he's ever even thought about that show he did. And uh, you know, it, it's amazing. You have little impacts on people's lives and don't even realize it. Yeah. You know. All right, so that's my origin story. I'm sorry there were no laser beams shooting out of my eyes or, or claws coming out of my hands, but that's that's as sexy as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that's going to be it for uh, this week. I'm Fred Fortier. John Roberts. We'll see you behind the act curtain. You've been listening to Behind the Act Curtain. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Act Curtain or on our website, BehindTheActCurtain.com. Original music by Shaded Glitch. You can download his debut album, Lost in a Labyrinth, on iTunes and follow him on all social media. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us an email at BehindTheActCurtain at gmail.com.